The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM. This is the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, hosted by founder Sarah Coates, a licensed clinical mental health counselor. In this podcast, Sarah and her team of therapists will dive deep into many topics on mental health care. Here's your host, Sarah Coates. Hello, and welcome to the Turning Your Life Around podcast. I'm Sarah Coates. We are just coming off of Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to all the dads out there listening. And we're joined again by Dr. Ryan Denny. Welcome. Hello, Sarah. Good to be with you. Thanks for coming on as a dad yourself to talk to all the dads out there about being a dad and, yes. and what that looks like and how to be better at it and all that good stuff. I know you've got a lot to share. All right. Well, before I talk about dad, I just want to give a shout out to every parent of any gender because being a parent is really, really tough. It's really hard if you do it thoughtfully and you want to do a good job, you're going to find it challenging. Anybody that tells me that they got this, they know how to be a good parent, they've got it down. I look at them oddly because (laughs) that can't be true, not if you're doing it thoughtfully. So being a parent is really, really Mm. tough. And being a dad does come with its own special difficulties, I think, just because it does. Being a dad means that you have to make sense of what it means to be someone's dad. Mm. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. the role that that is and what that means. For me, being a dad has brought paradoxical feelings into my life because I have a very active little boy. He's six years old now and he's (laughs) super active and super out and about town, you know, and thinks he's grown and all of that. And I love him so much. I'm like super in love with my little boy. But there are times when if I don't get a break from him, I'm going to scratch my face off. It's just too much. He's just the constant needs for attention. And, you know, he's just a needy little guy because he's six years old and he's active. And so I get to these places where I'm like, I got to get a break. And I know moms get there too. It's being a parent. My wife and I will go to dinner and he's with the babysitter and we have our wonderful break. And about five minutes into dinner, I'm having thoughts like, I wonder how my little boy's doing. I hope he's okay. I hope he's having a good time. I wish I could be with him again. (laughs) You know, it's like this paradigm paradoxical, intense love, but also it's really, really hard. And I, I don't think we acknowledge that enough. I think you just said something that we don't acknowledge that enough, you know, as a mom. And I know this is a podcast about yeah. dads, so I'm just going to chime in here, though, since you're talking about parents. As a mom, we experience that a lot. What I fail to remember is that the dads feel the same way. I mean, when I get a break and my husband and I get away, same thing. Like one hour in, I'm like, oh, how are my girls? I miss them so much, but I was dying to get away from them three hours ago. And what I fail to realize is that my husband is probably feeling the exact same thing. So this paradoxical mindset that we fall into is the same for both moms and dads. Yeah, and we often refer to it as mom guilt. Mm -hmm. You know, I always need to be doing something if I'm not, I'm doing something wrong. And there's dad guilt too. You know, it's like parent guilt really is what it is. If I'm not with my kid, then I need to be with them. But then when I'm with them all the time, if I don't get a break, I'm going to (laughs) die. You know what I mean? Right. And it's just so normal, I think, to feel that way. And why can't we just let it be okay? Yeah. You know what I mean? That there's paradoxes. Well, and it's because we just love them so much. They're gifts from heaven, in my opinion. And we just love them so much. Right. And they wear us out. And they wear us out. (laughs) That's right. Being a parent is also an enormous responsibility. It's a lot of pressure because the way that we parent our children is creates a set point for them emotionally. 
in terms of relationships and trust and those deep experiences as a kid set us up for the way that we will be in relationships moving forward. Now, I'm not saying that it's a foregone conclusion that if you have difficult parents, you're going to have a life of suffering. I don't mean that. That you can always, people can grow and change and heal. But being a parent is you're introducing a person, a very vulnerable human being, into what it means to trust and love and think about themselves and others. And it's just a lot to do. It's very, it's a lot of pressure. It's a huge responsibility. Yes. And maybe sometimes parents, dads, or moms alike don't really consider really how deep that responsibility goes. Yeah, and I I recognize as a therapist, I I have lots of conversation with people about how they were impacted by their childhood and their early caregivers, and it's just such a big deal when it comes to our adult mental health. It really is. Whether it sets you up well or it's something you have to heal from, And I think your word responsibility is probably better than pressure because you can view responsibility as, oh, Mm. or it can be uh, a privilege, really a privilege and an honor to have this life that you're helping shape and grow, you know, and set up for life. It can be more daunting as well to be a parent, a good parent, if you're not given a good model Mm. yourself. It's like somebody telling you to go build a car, but you've you know what cars are and you've driven cars but you never built one before you know from the ground and so what are you supposed to do there so that can be another challenge as you're speaking about modeling I think about you know I work with mainly female clients Mm -hmm. and a lot of women talk about the poor relationship they had with their father maybe he was physically present he was a good provider they had a roof over their heads they had the latest clothes even Mm -hmm. or they got a car you know like they they feel like provision wise he was a great provider but they did not have the emotional secure attachment with their dad Uh, I hear women a lot say I've never heard my dad say I love you yeah and well then that parlays to the partner they choose right and so like you're talking Mm -hmm. about this role modeling and oftentimes what I I think I think through is that maybe those dads didn't have the role model to teach them how to be the emotionally connective person. I mean, it can stem back, it can go forward, and you just think about all this modeling. No, that's absolutely true. And in my work as a psychologist working with men, men generally tend to gravitate to me as a male therapist. And so I work with lots of men and lots of dads. And just generally speaking, there are probably like three main pitfalls that dads experience or difficulties that I hear a lot Mm -hmm. in terms of, of being a dad, both what a guy experienced from his own dad and his own struggles in in being a dad. One of those is a man's tendency toward absence. That can be physical absence or emotional absence, as you were just describing, but Mm -hmm. just not being present and being there is very, can be very difficult and damaging for a child because when you're little, presence is love. Right. Active presence is love as well. And so when I hear things like, well, my dad worked a lot or he was a great provider, as you said, but wasn't really there much, that makes me start thinking there's relational difficulties mm-hmm. that could be, could be there. Another difficulty can be a tendency toward impatience, irritability. We, in general, I'm speaking in generalities, but men tend to be fixers, mm-hmm. like to fix things. And when things don't get fixed or fixed easily, we can become mad at it, (laughs) irritated at that. Another is a tendency toward criticism. Kids don't do 
things right much of the time, <laughs> right. you know, and if you wanted to, you could criticize your child every moment of the day, you know, don't do that, sit still, don't be like that, get over here, let's don't do that, don't talk like, you know, constant. Mm-hmm. And so just a tendency toward being critical can be a, a pitfall. And, you know, you have to balance training and teaching with affirmation, things like that. So what are some suggestions for being a good dad? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple of ideas. I could probably talk a lot on that. I will tell you that when I was about to become a dad in April of 2015, I, I'm not going to say I was freaked out, but I was nervous about the prospect. It was a month until my son was to be born, and I didn't know what I was going to do. Like, what is a good dad, you know? And so I, I asked 11 dads in my life who I judged to be pretty good dads, had pretty solid kids. I just said, what makes a good dad? And it was so interesting to hear their responses to that, you know, what they said, the good advice. It gave me lots of hope that a normal person can be, you know, like myself, can be a good dad. But some of my takeaways were it's important to put love and kindness over fixing. You know, I just talked about being a fixer. To model and teach emotional control and expression for our kids and the balance of that, which is emotional resilience, is what that is, being resilient versus trying to fix them. Now, I know as a therapist, you have heard these words. If he could just be fixed, you know, I need you to fix it. I need strategies to fix my teenager, my <laughs> child, you know. And I understand that, you know, the, the importance of strategies for solving problems, but kids don't need to be fixed. They need to be loved and nurtured. They need to learn resilience and how they can solve problems themselves. And so really changing the view from it's my job to mold this kid and fix him when he's broken to it's my job to, you know, be kind, teach him or her how to be kind and resilient. So that helped me a lot. Well, and that's huge. If I can interrupt here real quick, you know, thinking about my belief that children are gifts from God, they're gifts from heaven, but they're not ours. They're not mini-me's. They're not to be clones of us. They're their own individually wired. They've got their own DNA. Mm -hmm. They've got their own personality traits built in. Yes. You know, and and so many parents do want to make their children mini-me's. Yep. And I don't mean just like, oh, I want them to play soccer because I was a college soccer star. Mm -hmm. Not not that. I mean like little things, you know, eat the way I want them to eat fold their clothes the way I want them to fold them like whomever because that's what I want them to do but that's not how these little humans are wired Mm -hmm. they're wired to be individuals yes that is not ideal we are not here to create clones we're here to nurture and let them develop into who they were created to be yes which might look totally different than what we think you know? Yeah, or expected mm-hmm. or right. And it, what you're alluding to is being controlling. Yes. Control is not loving. Guidance, discipline, not control. My little boy, for example, is super extroverted. He talks all of his thoughts out loud. <laughs> He's very loud. Loves to do things with people and share things with people and come here and look at this and let's go there. Just out. Says everything on his mind. I... And the opposite. I right. don't say something until I've thought about it ad nauseum, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and But he doesn't need to be fixed. There's nothing wrong with him, even though it annoys me sometimes that he's said more words in one day than I have all week. He's not broken. He just needs to be understood and valued and, and loved and not controlled. Because I could mm-hmm. say, be quiet. Why are you talking all the time? Hush up. 
Let's don't talk. Don't talk to me anymore, you know, rather than, wow, I like your thoughts. That sounds great. Let's talk about it more later or whatever, Right. <laughs> you know, to redirect him. But I do think a lot of times we see our children as broken in some way or, or wrong in some way when really they're just different mm-hmm. than we are. Well, you've already talked about it a little bit, which is really good, but putting presence over providing. Now, it's as a, a male, I do feel pressure, and I think rightly so, to provide for my family, you know, monetarily for sure. But provision is a lot more than money. Good provision is love and attunement and understanding and safety, emotional and physical. Mm. You know, if somebody's threatening my family emotionally, it's I feel like it's my job, or physically, it's my job to stop it and say no. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a kind of provision. But children and really all people, but children need the four A's. Affirmation, attention, affection, and approval. And part of being a good provider for my children and my family is providing these things for them. Affirmation is positive. You're awesome. I affirm you, your thoughts, your values, your feelings. Attention goes back to the presence thing. I am here and you are here and we are here together, you know, and I see you and what's important to you. It's like whenever somebody walks into a room, they usually have one of two spirits about them. It's here I am (laughs) or it's there you are, you know, and this attention I'm talking about Mm. is being able to say there you are. You know what I mean? And affection is certainly physical touch. You know, that's what that means. But it can be relational warmth as well. Being emotionally affectionate. Oh, that's amazing. I love you. That's so sweet. What a great heart you have. Like relational warmth, you know, versus coldness. And then approval. And I like approval and its difference from love. Mm -hmm. Because we all love, well, most of us love our children, you know, and it's true. I believe that. But being approving of them, approval of the way that they are, the way that they were made, and how they see the world, and how their mind operates, is totally different than loving them, accepting them just as they are. Now, that doesn't mean we allow bad behavior. Right. But the way that they are, there's not a thing wrong with that. And being able to accept and approve of that is a beautiful thing to provide to your children. Because then they grow up and they can offer that to themselves. And offer it to others. You know, I just was thinking about, you know, in light of Father's Day and how many people walking around have disruptive relationships with their dads for a number of reasons. And how I know personally and I work with people who are breaking that cycle. They're saying, I want to be these things that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to model that behavior that my dad showed to me. I'm going to change that cycle for my kids and future generations. And I mean, it makes me teary eyed when I think about it because there are so many dads who are doing that. And that is just so awesome. Yeah, it really is, which is really the, the next thing that I have on my heart to say is to to be a good dad is to put your own, healing your own pain over trying to change your kids or other people. Healing the pain of your own life is the most loving thing you can possibly do for your children or for anybody that you try to love. The pain that you have in relationship with your own father, any pain at all that you hold from your life or your childhood or your trauma, healing that can be transmitted, that healing can be transmitted through the generations. Mm-hmm. Just like the pain can yep. be transmitted through the generations, and we, we all have seen that, so can the healing. 
And so when I'm doing my healing work, it is focused on me and it's, you know, I'm taking time for me and using money for me to heal. You know what I mean? It's resources, Mm -hmm. but it's really for my wife and my kids and my family so that my pain doesn't hurt them. One of my goals is for, for my son and my fathering is to, for my son's life struggles and challenges and trials and stresses that he will no doubt have, for those to be as little about his relationship with me as possible. Because I have spent much of my uh, late 20s and 30s healing the pain of my childhood. And I don't want my boy to have to do that. He's going to have his own pain, his own struggles. He might you know? be in a therapist's office He one might. Day. He sure <laughs> might. But I want him to say, my dad wasn't perfect, but he was good. He was a good dad because he did his best for me. You know, that's my hope for sure. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Ryan, for sharing this information, and I hope it is a source of encouragement for lots of dads out there. And if you're listening and you want to continue this conversation or you know that when Ryan talked about healing your own pain, that that was speaking to you, please reach out to a therapist that can really work with you. Male or female therapists work with men alike, but definitely we have lots of providers in our offices that can help you. And if you want to speak further with Ryan, you're welcome to reach out to him in our Holly Springs office. And you can find the rest of us on the website at 1-80counseling.com. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Turning Your Life Around podcast presented by 180 Counseling with five triangle locations to serve you. Learn more at 1-80counseling.com. This has been an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM, a Curtis Media Group station.